0: Remember, Jacob supply quality building materials at wholesale prices. And now on to the show. Exploring theology, doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts
1: now. now.
0: Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. Thanks for coming along on the ride. Thanks for sharing with your friend, telling a friend, commenting on social media, and checking us out at dmwpodcast.com, where you can find all kinds of information about the podcast, as well as checking out the merch store where we have some snark- snarky merch. You know, you can get one of those famous Wynum, Dinum Romans, Nine mugs or T-shirts. Um, the, uh, the Askel... Uh, DeSantis, 84 shirts, 2024 shirts have been selling pretty well as a joke. I I did that as a joke, but you guys seem to be buying them. So a lot of people from Florida, because I think that's where Askel's from down there in Sarasota and DeSantis. But, um, yeah, check that out. It supports the show. We don't, uh, we're not retiring off this podcast. As you guys know, it's a passion and we like to have interesting people on every week. Uh, we like to talk about the Lord. We like to talk theology, culture, politics, all those things. And this gentleman's pretty well known on Instagram, has a uh, large following, does response videos, does memes, does all these things. And I've been reading his stuff for, geez, over a year, probably. I think I've been following on Instagram and I know he's been around longer than that. But I just really like uh, his commentary on his videos and what he's saying. Uh, A lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast, he talks about on his Instagram account and on other social media accounts. So we want to have him on, just have a discussion. It's uh, Michael Moore, the Honest Youth Pastor. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Doing and well. I just have to say right off the bat, if you guys are watching this, obviously you listen. But if you're watching on our YouTube channel, uh, you can see right on his mic stand, exegesis over eisegesis. We're already best friends, but uh, j- oh, just that good. sticker Excellent. alone, we just become best we're going to be yeah. good. Yeah, we're going to become good, good friends. Uh, so thanks for being on the podcast. So I started following you on your Instagram account at and I, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's honest youth pastor, correct?
1: correct yeah, yeah 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 and
0: you yeah, have a good following un- there a lot of response a lot of people commenting um you put a lot of content up which i absolutely love um you know you like that fresh content get to scroll through and go oh he's got something new up i want to take a look at it tell me a little bit well introduce yourself give us a little bio we usually start out with that so the listeners kind of know a little bit about you give us some a personal bio and then tell us a little bit about how the instagram account and the social media account started
1: gotcha yeah so as you've already said my name is michael um i've been in uh, ministry for uh, going on almost, well, 18, 19 years in various forms or fashion. Right now, currently, I just assist at my church. I'm not uh, necessarily a pastor at my church. I just assist there. Um, but I'm married, have two kids, uh, work a 40, 50 hour a week, normal job like everybody else does, and then help out at the church as uh, needed. And so um, that's what i do now. Now the account uh, started nearly 10 years ago. It'll actually be this 10 years this July is when it started. And it came out of, of of a transition from a church actually. So I was a youth pastor at this church and, uh, we had a new minister come on and, uh, we, we, we tried to work it out for about a year. Uh, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but it, it ended with, uh, basically, I don't know if, you know, being told to leave is the thing. It was like a, uh, it was kind of put as a mutual <laughs> split, but it wasn't really a mutual split. And so it was a matter M- of
0: mutual um, on one side, huh?
1: Mutual <laughs> on their side. Yeah. I wasn't very yeah. uh, pleased about it. But anyway, there's stories of that elsewhere, but it's a long story. Point being, I needed a place to vent about the church and about ministry in general. I didn't have hmm. anything to do that with because 10 years ago, um, there was basically Facebook and everybody I knew yeah. that. Uh, I was on Facebook, went to the church that I had just left. And so um, there was no real place to do that. And I just hopped on Instagram. And uh, at the same time, my wife uh, had, you know, Reddit was a thing even back then. And she was, you know, I didn't know what a meme was, but she had, she knew what memes were because they were online (laughs) and on Reddit. And so I was just for whatever reason the stores aligned and uh, i was like this will be a great way to get out all this pent-up frustration and so right. nobody i knew was on instagram it was fairly new at the time so i just started posting memes which none of them i've not deleted any of them they're still back there if you want to scroll all the way to the end but basically it was just me venting the frustrations of the transition that wasn't really a transition it was just a, an annoyance and I did that for probably a couple years, it was quite therapeutic. I don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody, but it was very therapeutic for me. And yeah. um, so we did that, and then I, I got there was a quite a few people that could relate to that situation. Apparently, I didn't realize it was hmm. ministry issues were and church issues were such a big thing for people because up until that point, I had been involved in. Very healthy churches, with the exception of one when I was really small. So I didn't really know that it was that big of a thing. And people started following. And then there was at one point, um, I thought, man, if there's gonna be this many people here, I should probably do something a bit more productive than just vent. And so <laughs> something uh, more constructive, trans- huh? Yeah, it's a little bit more constructive and not just like <laughs> and honestly, two years in, uh, we had found another church. It's actually a church we go to now. Uh, it was, it was, it's a very healthy church. It was a very, you know, biblically centered church. And I didn't really have anything to vent a whole lot about anymore. I'd kind of, that had kind of processed, helped me process through it. We were in a healthy church and I thought, you know, if I'm going to, if yeah. there's going to be this many people, there's probably maybe 2000, 3000 people following. I thought this is a lot of people. And if I'm going to have this many people listening to whatever for whatever reason i should probably do something a bit more productive so we sort of transitioned into more theological memes at that point so and then obviously there's been a lot of transitions up from that but um yeah we're about 10 years in at this point which is kind of crazy to me so
0: yeah that is great i mean that's a long time to do anything especially an instagram account dedicated to one thing i I see a lot of these kind of fizzle out within a few years a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. don't last more than a year you know people go uh, where's my 10 million uh, listeners per episode and my glory and fame, I'm <laughs> out of here, right? They all want to be the next Joe Rogans or whatever. Uh, yeah. But um, what I really like, and I did, I kept scrolling. I, I will admit, I did not get to the first uh, meme because I kept scrolling and I'm like, how long has this guy been posting? It was like yeah, five minutes of scrolling. <laughs> but I did see and take this in the, in the way that it's intended because I've done this myself too. I think we can all go you know many of us now especially at my age i've been in social media 15 plus years on some platform or another you can kind of see how you grow through your posts oh, yeah. right uh i even look back on some of the stuff i posted even eight ten years ago and i kind of cringe sometimes And go gosh i was a real jerk and my wife's like yeah you still are sometimes <laughs> but I'm, I'm bringing you along quite nicely and i go okay Uh, but I, I saw some years and there was like this kind of evolution of how memes start. And especially when you have like church hurt or you have maybe denominational issue that you go, why Mm -hmm. can't everyone else see this, but I can see it. And it's fun to poke at it. Snarky memes kind of make fun. But then I think we kind of mature into this area of going, okay, like you did, I have this huge following. I, some of your videos have tens of thousands of comments and views and, and more than that even. And you go, okay, do I have a responsibility here? I have a, I have an audience. Um, you know, is there something more than memes? And this is a very long winded question, but I'm kind of commenting too. And, and I started to see that, you know, even your response videos, um, started to become, like you said, a little more theological and get, I don't want to say give people leeway, but you give them a little more grace and then responding with truth right? Um, look at For all of those listening here, it's a reformed podcast. We have a saying called the cage stage, right? When you come to the doctors of grace and you go through this stage of just in your face, let's debate, let's argue. I'm right. You're wrong. Look what the Bible says. And I found sometimes I can get that way across many subjects, right? And everything is in a mm-hmm. debate. Now I've just, I've noticed in the last uh, couple of years of my life, probably five or six years that You get a lot more out of someone if you stop, ask questions, give them a little grace, but still don't don't veer from the truth, still speak the truth, which is why I was drawn over the last year and a half that I've been following you to kind of your response videos, because you Mm -hmm. deal with some really wacky stuff within Christianity, kind of like we do here on the podcast um when, when was that transition for you how long ago where it was like you want to what like you said maybe do something a little more constructive look at memes are fun and still keep posting memes i love mm-hmm. a good meme that has to do with theology or doctrine or denomination or, or whatever we still want to do that but when was that transition for you where you started doing those longer format response videos
1: well, the response videos were actually more of just an evolution out of the meme part of it. So, like, I remember—I don't know how many years ago it was. It was, pro- it was probably four or five years ago that I had made a meme about Bethel and somebody reached out to me and they're like, (laughs) Hey, you're going to stand before God one day and hold, you you know, be held accountable for what you say. And they're like, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but the way you say it isn't really helpful. And Mm. I had the initial reaction that I probably had a lot back then, which was you're an idiot and I'm right. I don't even care. And um, (laughs) for whatever reason that bugged me all day long. I remember that bugging me all day long that they said that. And I thought, man, they're right, yeah. though. Like, like, it's not uh, my my point here is to try to help people see why it's wrong, not just that, you know, hey, you know, I'm right about this. And so that really got me thinking about like, OK, maybe the approach here needs to be not necessarily softer, but just better worded. And so that was happening. Hmm. And then. Um, I've always loved, I mean, I'm an oddball in this probably or in a minority at least, but I just love listening to sermons and like kind of picking it apart and being like, okay, what was good here? What was bad here? What can I learn from this? Because I want to be the best preacher I can be. And so like, yeah. what can I learn from all these variety of sermons? And so that, that kind of that thinking from that that message kind of st- started its way into the memes. But then it also, whenever I started doing those sermon reviews, um, some of the first ones are a, a little rough. Um, And I got some good feedback from there. Basically the same kind of feedback that I got from that meme. It's like, hey, you're assuming too much or you're going after the person and not the message. And so um, that's why we have, whenever we do sermon reviews now, we ask three questions across the board so that I can't, it at least helps me not be as biased as, my initial response is going to be towards somebody that I have to at least ask, you know, you know, are they reading the scriptures? Are they, you know, exegeting them correctly? Are they mentioning the gospel? Like I have to be fair. And so like that helps a lot in regards to being like, all right, well, what's really communicating the message of, all right, let's look at this and then just take it at face value and see, regardless of who this is, is this good or bad or what's right or what's wrong here based on what we know from theology um, and scripture. So, that, that yeah. really calmed me down quite a bit. Plus, I'm just, I'm getting older. So I've got two kids. I've <laughs> got to be chiller. I'm just old. I don't have that energy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all of those things, all those things coming together really help because um, even I, I think too, just to throw this in, I think having kids has really helped me think a bit more through this than normal because I mean, obviously I'm coming at something and I understand what. I'm looking for, but really teaching people through it, um, understanding like they don't, they don't have that in their head already. So you're going to have to explain it to them. You're yeah. going to have to teach it to them. And so obviously, honestly, it's one of those things that I really wish I could go back and tell myself, you know, when I was in you know youth ministry all the time, which is like, Hey, dummy, you have to explain this stuff. And so yeah. a, lo- a lot of that, all of that together in the same pot mixed together makes me sometimes according to some people far too charitable. Uh, but my, my point is just to, to, to demonstrate like, Hey, this is what it is. This is why it's wrong. I'm not, yeah. I have no interest in attacking the person. The person themselves is wrong. Maybe they're, unrepentant and I'm not going to do anything about that. God's going to have to be the one that does something about that, but um, yeah. just pointing it out so we can see the error, So,
0: Yeah. Bethel's a tough one for me because y- y- you talk to any Christian that's defending it and you go, I just don't see how you can defend some of those doctrines and some of those things, the grave yeah. soaking and, and, you know, the leg pulling and the, you know, spiritual tarot cards and the Bill Johnson saying, you, you know, uh, kenosis with Christ and he was fully man and, not fully God while on earth. And you just go and he says it in his books and I've had theologians on that defend him. You know, uh, Dr. Sam storms, we kind of got in a push back and forth. It was hmm. respectful, but he was defending him and he said, Oh, well, he's not a theologian. He's a pastor. You got to give him a break. And I just went, Bleh. you know, mind blown. <laughs> what? What, <are> <laughs> what? what are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> right. But, but at the, so those are low hanging fruit to where I do, I kind of get worked up on some of those things that seem so blatantly, uh, anti-gospel, anti-bible, anti-God, Uh, But I think also, too, like you said, and I agree with you, even children – are like a common grace of God that kind of takes men and molds them into the more mature men that we're supposed to be right even proverbs talks about children having different type of blessings one of them being the crown of our glory but also um, maturing us in a way e- even if even if we miss the discernment boat we miss the wisdom boat god has a preset in there that goes oh you have kids you're going to view the world a little bit differently and they help yeah. calm you down a little bit so i'm i'm 100% on board with you there cuz i'm the same way uh w- when i start having kids but um, so you so you have this and you're looking at uh, different different things theologically, you're doing response videos. One thing that I'll say that I agree with you and I, I tend to do here on the podcast, that's why I said I really relate to you because I think we kind of have a little bit of the same style. I was watching a um uh, a baptism response video on Instagram with a gentleman named Zach Lambert, I believe, and i had been i'd responded to a few of his tweets um we just got on back on Twitter last year, and uh he followed us and I said some stuff and um I think he blocked me or something, and I was nice but Um, Essentially, he was doing a a baptism uh, comparison of baptism being inclusion and then the and then and then kind of eisegesis, like you would say, or like your tag says there on your microphone stand into the LGBTQ community. So he's very he's a progressive leftist uh, Christian air quotes on that side of uh, of those things theologically. But what I liked what you did is if you, you know, in your younger years or my younger years, we just come out and go, that's absolute heresy, that right? But you stop the video and you go, oh, no, now hold on. There is truth in that. Baptism is based on inclusion. Absolutely. So let's see where he takes this. And I think that's what we need more of online is dissecting that and saying, look, you are hearing 70% truth or 60% Mm -hmm. truth or whatever that percentage is. Uh, but but the 30 or 40% here where it's twisted and then we're putting stuff into it that isn't in the text, that's what we need to focus on. And and I think that helps people. I, I think you and I have that discerning eye, and I'm not saying that to puff us up or say we're extra smart or anything, but there's a lot of people out there that don't have that, that will listen to a video by Zach Lambert and go – Wow, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Baptism mm-hmm. inclusion and we should include certain people living certain lifestyles. Yeah. Let's go. And he has a whole church of people that do that and hurrah and, and amen him. Yet w- there's a very clear distinction between truth and almost truth. Right. So yeah. I like that you do, do that in those videos. And wouldn't you agree? I, I think we need more of that, uh, from what? pastors, ministers, people like us that do podcasts mm-hmm. and in social media.
1: I think a lot of this, and this is what I found. Um, I mean, it, it's something you see a lot anyway, anytime you're doing discipleship, anytime you're teaching anyone. But what I've really seen this for for sure is I've been probably for the last uh, three, four months, we've been going through church history on Wednesday night. I've been teaching through church history to just you know, our Wednesday night Bible study people. And these are people that have been in church their whole lives. And what's been mm. really fascinating to me is to see that there's a lot of things that I assume they knew. Or I know, I they know, they where,
0: you're know. I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. I don't mean and, to interrupt you, but we say this all the yeah. time on the podcast. Go ahead.
1: And, and so it's one of those things where I think it's I think a lot of times, especially as just this has given me an eye, not only the sermon reviews, but just teaching through this class for sure is that there's things that I have in my head that I assume you know, so I don't even mention them. I just go into mm. it assuming that you you are on the same page as me. You have the same definition as me of whatever this word I'm about to use is. And so I just shoot it out without even thinking about it. And so as we we just recently went through um, you know, the canonization of the Old Testament, and what that looked like and all of that, and the questions they had, I was like, wow, okay, you've been in church your whole life and no one's told you this. yeah, And yeah. it's not been it's not that maybe it hasn't been mentioned here or there or elsewhere. It's just, it's not really, it's not, it's like been a side thought somewhere in the messages they've heard and they haven't been taught through it. And I think a lot of what, um, I tell people all the time, like I'm not doing anything groundbreaking with these sermon reviews. I'm literally just sitting there kind of going through and just double checking theology is all I'm doing. And hopefully, and we've got a lot of very encouraging messages where people have said that like them doing that now has helped them see some things that they didn't see before. And so um, I I just don't think we train people to do that. Well, we assume that they know basic, like you said, with the whole Bill Johnson thing, there's people that don't know that you know they they don't have the a clue what the Nicene council was about and so you you talk about the same substance or a similar substance and they don't even have a clue how to process that they've never heard that before yeah. even if they've repe- you know even if they do repeat the 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 creed every every week and so it's one of those things that i think really taking time and not undervaluing discipleship not like, hey, guys, we're going to dig into this, you know, we're going to read through all of the works of Augustine, but just just basic theology and just being like, hey, yeah. this is what the church believes. This is why we believe it. This is what you should kind of look for. This is just basic doctrinal stuff because people like Zach, not to pick on Zach, but people like Zach will say yeah. things and maybe quote an early church father, like a sentence from them. And people will be like, oh, you're smart. You've read all this stuff, so you must be right. And, um, and then just follow along behind. And because they've never read any of the early church fathers, they don't have a clue who that person is you just named, but they know you named them. So you must know what you're talking about. And so just really helping people be like, hey, maybe you should turn off the Netflix and maybe you should read this book (laughs) and just helping them disciple just just basic discipleship to give some sort of discernment, because there's so much stuff that is really easy to spot if you know basic theology. But when you don't, yeah. You just, I mean, that's how you got pastors <laughs> like Mike Todd up on stage yeah. saying, I don't have a clue about homosexual marriage. And you're like, bro, what? And everybody's just like, yay. Yeah. And you're like, do you guys need anything? <laughs> do you know <laughs> Right? <laughs> and, have you opened your Bible uh, at all? Yeah. At all. And so I think, again, I feel, I, I used to be like, you guys are stupid. But at this point, I just feel really bad for people because they, I, I yeah. assumed that a lot of people had been discipled well, and I was really wrong about that. So.
0: So that, that's key. No, you're absolutely right with everything you just said, Michael. And we've talked about it a lot on this podcast to where I have the same example to where I, I've met someone, many people, 10, 20, 30 years in church every Sunday, every Wednesday. And outside of their maybe six or seven talking points of what their denomination has taught them, you start talking about canonization or you start t- you know, talking about different eschatologies or things like that. And they just look at you and go, what? There's there's only there's only one eschatology. Uh, I got to get my rapture hatch ready. I'm getting getting raptured out of here any moment. And you're like, well, no, there's quite a few, and they're pretty old in church history. And you know, people were talking about them thousands of years ago. And it's just really sad because, well, one, I think maybe you and I might align. We enjoy, right? I, I, I can imagine you enjoy opening up a book or getting into a sermon or getting into the Bible or getting into a concordance or whatever and going, okay, let's figure this out. Some people are not mm-hmm. wired that way, and it's more of a challenge, yeah. and I get that. But at the bare minimum, like you said, shouldn't we have some type of bare minimum standard of some type of knowledge of God, uh, especially if you're in a church for generations? If you're in a church for 20 years and y- you can't um, rightly defend the faith against a couple extracurricular questions from those secularists and atheists and uh, pagans and leftist progressives and everyone else who now from inside the church, even within modern conservative uh, conservative churches, you're going to get those questions. And, you know, I, I'm not blaming the people because, you know, I, we had Tom Askell on the uh, podcast and he goes, look, at it, it's 50 plus years of just watered down, horrible, non-biblical preaching in the yeah. churches. So That's what do you expect the sheep to do? Uh, w- which which is a lot of it. And and then you see, and here's here's the reason I'm saying all this too, is because you'll have a church that might have a couple hundred people in it and they're struggling to keep membership. Yet you'll have 10,000 people come listen to you break down a sermon on your Instagram uh, account every single week and they go, well, what's going on? Everyone's just going online. No, people go to where truth is. People will go to where biblical truth, is being preached that that has to be a podcast and i'm looking i'm not advocating for replacing your pastor in your church for a pastor on a podcast right or or an instagram account but i'm saying people want biblical truth um and it's total opposite right now right now we're just kind of telling them what they want to hear very emotional things like that but people deep down want biblical truth if they've been exposed to god in any way shape or form And unfortunately, I don't know if the pulpits are really giving people that, especially in the Western Christian church. And I think your account kind of exposes that as well, because you do, you you have some people on there that are very, very popular, yet what comes out of their mouth from the pulpit couldn't be farther from biblical truth. And I would even say orthodox truth. We're in this thing now to where you can call yourself a, pastor get up in the pulpit and you're saying things that for thousands of years have been christian orthodoxy and now we're going no this is up for grabs and we can redefine it or change what it means
1: yeah Uh, well i think a lot of that and i i've i've probably within the last year, seen this a lot, had a lot more conversations with people about this. Um, It's just really basic church, just understanding what the church is for and how the church is supposed to be ran. And when you lose that, you lose a lot. So like you talk about member, like, I know not every church has membership class or denomination or whatever, but I mean, at the very minimum in your membership class, you should be covering at least the basic doctrines. I mean, obviously denominational doctrines, but further back than that just basic doctrines of the faith and most of the time if you go to a church and ask them what they cover in their membership class it's maybe the bare minimum of what they have to with their denominational doctrine and that's about it and it's usually like one day for like four hours yeah and that's a joke to be frank with you that's a joke i get that not everybody's got a bunch of time and you have you're struggling with all these other activities people have but you're either going to take it seriously or you're not i mean that's just as as simple as it is and one of the things that I think too that happens, and I think some of the things that we've really seen value in, that we we, we keep pursuing at my church, is like this Wednesday night thing. Where we're like, look, we could we could have Bible study, or we could you know, go through something a little bit deeper, connect it to the scriptures in the same way anyway, and then people are able to learn that and then see how all of this does connect to the Bible they read every week. And then the same thing with uh, Sunday mornings. Uh, I've, me and my pastor have had this conversation a few times. I mean, just how important it is to lay out some sort of context for people whenever you get up to the pulpit, because they have um, had preaching for so long that is so much like just appl- so 99% application driven for you and nothing else. So all the bible yeah. is is just really good application but you don't know why. So um, we had this discussion just this last week actually. So you have you have people that come to church but they don't know why the old testament's important. They know that for example, you know, they they get a lot of new testament application which is great, but all of these New Testament authors are pointing back to what God has already done in the Old Testament and the fulfillment of that and how, I mean, God's law and all of this thing is brought into and it's foundational for what we're writing in the New Testament. And you don't have a lot of people that can make that connection because, you yeah. you know, they've, they've had a lot of application forever or culture war preaching forever or some, you know, it's just been all this variety, but not anything base And then you have, uh, you're going to have to tell me to shut up here in a minute, but then you have all of these people again that are in, that have positions within the church that aren't qualified to be there. They just simply aren't. They don't meet the qualifications. They were a convenient person to have. Somebody had to be there. And this was the person that would do it. I, the horror stories of horror stories I have is I was guest preaching somewhere because I do a lot of that in the area as well. And um, somebody asked me to come by this church. i you know, it's like cool, whatever. I'll come by. And I, uh, before when they were doing the announcements, they were like, "Hey, if you want to be on our," they called it a board, but it was essentially that denominations version of elders. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back, and I just looked at my wife. I was like, well, "What is happening?" There's just a sign-up <laughs> sheet. There's just this, whoever, just whoever, just, just wanted to do it. They're sign-up. like the. Nope they're
0: like the oprah of churches you can be an elder you can be a pastor you can be an elder just, just give it them out like, huh just sign up like is
1: there is is there no nothing just i could just go back there and put my name i guess and so yeah. it was just so strange that you're just like you know there are there are qualifications for this there are reasons that there's qualifications for this and yeah. whenever you don't run the church the way that god has put forth for the church to be ran all you're going to have downstream is terribleness you're going to have you're going to have application driven because that's what people, yes, that is what gets people there. Um, and they're going to be there for that. You're going to have charismatic people, but no quality or character behind them. You're going to have all sorts of things. Uh, every time yeah. I post anything about pastors on Twitter, which is a vile cesspit of nonsense, um, I, <laughs> I, I get so, I mean, I just reply after reply of all these unqualified pastors that have been arrested for a variety of things. And that's what you're going to get. When you have people that are in positions that aren't qualified, that have simply been put there because a spot needed filled. And so I'm not surprised so much anymore that people don't know basic doctrinal stuff um, that they they can't tell you any sort of Trinitarian doctrine or what or even tell you what the Nicene Creed is because they'd never been taught and they've been led by people Uh, that weren't supposed to be there. So.
0: Yeah, in 2022, uh, Ligonier did a national survey, 45,000 people that uh, self-identify as Christian. 65% of them uh, either didn't believe in or couldn't explain the Trinity. Uh, Mm A little more than that, like 68 or 70% did not believe Christ was deity. So you Mm -hmm. have the majority of people self-identifying as Christian. That's why I think it's kind of, when we say the word Christian, it's almost like saying evangelical now. Like, what does that mean? There's so much that encompasses evangelical that even now when we say Christian, um, you you know, you have uh, such a wide range of of belief there. Unfortunately, that's why, you know, when I say I'm reformed Presbyterian, I have to say Presbyterian, not Lesbyterian. I mean, I literally have a whole denomination of Presbyterians that are just so wacky and so out there and still identify with the denomination of Presbyterian. But um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Westminster Presbyterian there. You know, it's like, you really have to start defining terms when we talk about these things. Be being-
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well oh, every time so so just so so everybody knows so I I always get called a Baptist online okay so i definitely have baptist <laughs> leanings okay i get it okay but anytime i have i have the same sort of thing um so i'm actually ordained in the wesleyan holiness denomination but anytime i say wesleyan okay. the same thing happens yep. where they're like oh you're like the east northeastern Wesleyans." I'm like no it's no really, i yeah. don't really even call those people brothers and sisters most of the time um and so <laughs> yeah. it, that's the thing where you have to you know drill down a bit on that because they don't know now i do want to i maybe this the podcast will go this way but i do want to kind of put an upside to that all that downer I just gave as well. There are people yeah. <laughs> even though there's a lot of people that don't know and I'm not surprised that they have terrible theology. There are people like you said that are looking, that are concerned and there's a lot of really good ministries that are, you know, out there sort of putting that content out. Some of them yeah. are out there specifically so pastors have resources that maybe they don't have access to within the denominations to then use. So there is a silver lining to this terrible rain cloud. Um, that people do recognize that now and then they're, yeah. they're starting to think about it. So
0: would you say, okay, so let, let's kind of end on that note too, then as we wrap this up. So would you say what, cause we could, I feel like you and I could sit here and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm very pragmatic. I'm a realist. I want to say I'm cynical, but I look at things and, and, and like to focus on the things that could be fixed. Right. So let's not yeah. make the whole podcast that, but as we finish here, so you, on your Instagram site, uh page excuse me account and in all of your social media what are some positive things that have come out of that then is it seeing people waking up and going yeah i want to know god i want to know this truth i appreciate you doing this brother like what are some of the things over those 10 years to where you said this is a positive aspect
1: Um, Well, there are are two things specifically. The first is we do get a lot of messages that of people that say, Hey, look, I don't agree with you on hardly anything. But I do appreciate (laughs) that you're having these conversations, which which is way better than most messages I get. So like, I appreciate those that are like, Hey, I think you're dumb, but I appreciate you at least talking about this (laughs) stuff. And so that that to me is encouraging. Because there's a lot of people that um, simply just won't have those conversations. And there have been a number of emails or DMs we've got where people have said, hey, I had never considered something before you said that. And then I looked into it and I have changed my mind on it, which is like a weight that I don't really like having on my shoulders. But I'm glad that I got them thinking about it. Um, and something very similar has happened. And this honestly, I, I don't like it, but I'm glad that at least people are thinking about it. We've had people DM us and be like, Hey, I went to a church for six, seven years. I, you know, watched your videos, I started listening to the sermons closer, and now we go somewhere else, which is like a okay, yeah. good, I guess, but also a oh, right. I don't, I don't like that. Um, but I'm glad I mean I'm glad that people are getting at least thinking through things. That's the whole yeah. thing. I tell my kids that all the time. Like I do not want to be the one that does the thinking for you because eventually you're going to be outside of this house and you're going to have to think for yeah. yourself. And I'd rather you not rely on me because if you do, when you get out there, you're just going to pick somebody else. So I'd rather you use the brain God gave you and think through these things yeah. so that you can form an opinion. You can you can argue back in an intelligent way. And you know the stuff you're talking about. Uh, one of the rules we have... My son's younger, so he doesn't, I mean, what he argues about is like, if he wants nuggets or, or, you know, pasta, (laughs) but my daughter is older. And one of the things I tell her all the time is like, uh, I just don't like it. Isn't a reason like you, I need you to, I I don't want to just contend with you all the time to do that, but I need you to just know that I don't like, it's not a good intelligible reason to, to say, you know, I don't agree with that or this. Well, why, why don't you then? And to think through it. Yeah. And that's one of the really good things that I think have come from this account. I'm I am by nature a confrontational introvert. So this the online thing works perfect <laughs> for me. And right. so the idea you can just is drop like your tooth
0: bombs and then yeah, get out
1: and just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and so one of the things is just kind of like, hey, boom, here it is. I don't care. Like, I think people get caught up in this thing that I want them to agree with me. I don't care if you agree with me. I do right. want you to think about like that's what i want you to do think about it i don't even engage in the comments anymore for that reason i'm not trying to argue with you into my way i don't care like you you'll come to your conclusion by the grace of god however you get there but i do want you to think about it and so um, to get you sort of into that and what i the positives that i have seen from that are people have had to engage their thoughts that's happened to me 10 years ago some of the theological positions i held have changed by interactions i've had on this account And so to the better or worse of some people's opinions, but the the (laughs) idea that it has. And so my hope is that I at least provoke you into thinking that way. Again, I don't be mad at me. Don't don't. I don't care. It makes no difference. I've been doing this 10 years. It could burn down tomorrow and I don't care. But the point is, I (laughs) want to get you thinking about it. Um, And as long as you're thinking about it, I trust that God will use that to bring you to himself. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, that's so good. And I would even say, look at, you, you don't want, like you said, you, you preference it with, I don't want people jumping, their leaving their church or whatever. That's not your intent. But I would say in that 10 years, if one person, uh, God allowed, uh, God used you to influence one person to rightly see who he is and not either sit under a false gospel or 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 a false doctrine or false theology, then that 10 years is worth it um Mm -hmm. i I mean because because you consistently speak truth so all right as we end here um i do have to ask i've been looking at uh your background the whole time i see a guitar neck there i do i i don't play guitar but i play piano and drums what do we got going on michael are we a musician are you a collector give us the give us the lowdown
1: funny story about that so when me and my wife were dating. Uh, I I said something so innocuous one time. I was like, "Hey, I'd like to learn how to play guitar." So this the, at the time when we were dating, this girl saves up two months worth of paychecks, surprises me on my birthday with this Fender Stratocaster. I have yet to learn how wow. to play it, but I can't get rid of it. So now it's about Michael. <laughs> how dare so you! That, all the that time, poor girl was who like, was
0: eventually your wife saved up yeah. all that money.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was like, baby, I'm never getting rid of it ever, but I can't, I've, 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 I've tried. I legitimately have tried a few times, but I am not, um, yeah. I apparently not coordinated enough to do that or uh, don't have the patience <laughs> to learn. But the point is it's going to sit back there and be a good, uh, it's, I don't know if you want to call it. A it's six. a great but background. Man. I'm loving it. I- yeah.
0: Yeah. I knew, I knew as a fender, I go, I wonder why he's doing that thing. I like it. Well, we learned something fun about Michael before we closed here. That's great. Uh, obviously you have great content as we close out here, tell everyone where they can find you on all your social media accounts. If they want to follow along and check it out.
1: Uh, yeah. If you just search honest youth pastor on Google, it'll basically pull up everything you want to find or just honest youth pastor on Instagram. Also, we linked to everything else from there as well. So.
0: Very cool. Michael, thanks so much for being on the podcast, sitting down with us for a little bit, talking. Anytime you want to come back on, talk about something controversial, got to get it off your chest. We can yell and scream and rant and rave. And then uh, by the grace of God, hopefully help some people through some issues. You're more than welcome to come back on. I appreciate you having here today, brother. Oh, thank
1: you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I can talk all day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, me too. That's why I said. We want to try to keep it to 35,
0: 40 minutes. I felt like you and yeah. I, we could probably go a couple hours, but we all have things to do. We got families and wives and jobs and stuff. So guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. We appreciate you sharing the podcast, uh, listening, commenting, all those good things. And, and remember, the chief end of man is to glorify God. Enjoy him forever. God bless.